watching my fellow Americans with your host Spike Cohen yes yes thank you so much thank you yes oh it's so great to have you thank you yes yes it's me it's me I'm back yes keep clapping thank you so much welcome to my fellow Americans I am literally Spike Cohen. Thank you for joining me today. What is today? Today is the 19th of June, the year of our Lord, 2019. I need to adjust this camera. There we go. That is not really any better, but okay. Welcome again to having to being on my show. I'm Spike Cohen, and I don't know where my notes are. So, guys, as you probably know, you may or may not know, but as you now know, I'm in Canada I'd like to apologize to the Canadian government and the Canadian people for the content of the show ahead of time. I'd like to apologize to the American people for my entire show. Uh, I will be here for at least a couple weeks, uh, maybe longer. And uh, yeah, so uh, that's a, that's a, a good thing for all of us. So uh, thank you again to the nation of Canada for not deporting me yet. We shall see. Uh, this is the second episode of My Fellow Americans during Gay Pride Month. And so I'd just like to take an opportunity to say to all of the Muddy Waters Media LGBT followers that we're proud of you. You did it. Great job. Uh, this is a Muddy Waters Media production. Check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Anchor, Twitter, Periscope, iTunes, Google Play. Check us out everywhere. We are everywhere. Check us out. Give us five-star reviews. Follow us. If there's a bell to hit, hit the bell hit everything just do everything check us out there um be sure to share this i do not want the last thing any of us want is for your closest friends and loved ones to miss the opportunity to listen to a roughly hour-long libertarian broadcast on a wednesday evening don't do that to them give the gift gift to spike cohen today kids love it uh this program is brought to you by anchor fm anchor.fm and i will be uh, plugging that later roughly halfway through this program probably at a very inappropriate moment um, the intro and outro music, uh, for this and every episode of my fellow Americans is from the amazing and talented Mr. Joe Davi. That is J O D A V I. Uh, check him out on Facebook, on SoundCloud, go to Joe Davi music.bandcamp.com by his entire discography. Uh, be sure to check him out. Thank you, Mr. Joe Davi. I'd like to thank Nestle for my French Canadian water. I don't know if you can read that. It's really good. It's French and Canadian. Bulubanaka. Shout out to Tehran Turks' mom and him. Guys, before I introduce my guest tonight, I'd like to talk about a really cool 
uh, initiative that's being co-sponsored by Muddied Waters Media and Stateside Cava Bar down in Tampa Bay, Florida. It's called Operation P.O. Box. And what this is, uh, it's designed to help the homeless in Florida. Florida has a, a, especially in the Tampa Bay area, they have a very bad homeless problem. Um, uh, many of the homeless there want to get jobs, uh, but they can't get one because you need an ID uh, to get a job. And you can't get an ID without a home. And uh, you can't get a job without an ID and you can't get a, a home without a job. And it's, you know, it's a vicious cycle. And so what we're trying to do uh, is uh, with Operation P.O. Box, uh, we'll be getting P.O. Boxes for homeless folks um, because in this, at least in the state of Florida, you can use a P.O. Box to uh, to get a state ID. And with that, you can then get a job. Um, so we're getting them P.O. Boxes. And then what we'll be doing with their permission is we'll publish those P.O. Boxes so anyone can send uh, them gifts like clothing, gift cards, job offers, notes of encouragement, whatever you want to send them. Keep it, you know, PG, PG 13, but send them, I guess, whatever you want. And, uh, uh, so w- this is very early on. Uh, we really hope to make a difference with this. Um, if you're interested in how you can help, uh, we are, uh, they're taking donations at operation PO box at gmail.com through PayPal. Uh, or you can email us at muddywatersoffreedom.com at gmail.com or inbox us or ask us for more details. Uh, this is a new initiative. More info is coming out uh, pretty much by the day. Uh, we're hoping to have some actual P.O. boxes to share with people in the next week or so. Um, and we will be doing that on this show. Um, so be sure to, to stay tuned on that. Uh, so guys, I am super excited tonight because I've had a string of Northerners and even a couple foreigners uh, on my show for the past few months. And God love them. I, I have no problem with people from the North. Uh, but now I have at long last a real southerner. I've had southerners on my show before, but it's been a it's been a minute. And I now have at long last a southerner on my show and boy did I pick a good one. Uh this man wears many hats, all of them with Ford logos on them. I don't know if that's true. Um he is the vice chair of the Libertarian Party of North Carolina. He is the founder of the Liberty Coalition for Disaster Relief. Uh he is currently working on his newest project, which is the Liberty Loop. We'll talk about that later. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to my fellow Americans, the Anarcho Redneck himself, Mr. Brent DeRitter. Brent, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, really happy to have a fellow Southerner on. I am using a little bit of license in calling myself a redneck. I'm not really a redneck. I'm redneck adjacent. Right on. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. I'm the kind of person that would use the term adjacent, unironically. So I guess I'm, that alone probably disqualifies me. <laughs> yeah, you probably uh get your coffee from a shop, right? Yeah. I actually don't no, no, I'm the buy drink tea, not coffee. Yeah, I'm that guy. Oh wow. Yeah. 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 Totally never got a redneck card, huh? Can't even take it away. They would have never given I mean there used to be some religious disqualifications when I first moved here. So I mean you know but that's changed recently. They're good with Jews now. Uh, but uh yeah, so I mean I'm I was raised in the South. But my parents are both from New England, so that shows in my daily in the, in the way I carry myself. So, but thank you for coming on, and guys, be sure to comment with any questions and thoughts. And Brent and I will tell you if you are right uh, or wrong. Now, Brent, as I mentioned briefly in your introduction, you're an anarchist, uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. I am. Uh, and the the first thing I ask my guests when they first come on is, how did you get to your current political beliefs? So. How would you say you got to where you are being an anarchist? Would you say it was like an aha moment or more of a gradual evolution over time? Or tell us about that. 
No, it was a total aha moment. I just, I kind of, I realized the Republican Party left uh, small government Republicans in the dust a while ago. And I was young and excited about politics and was excited about the Republican Party up until that point. And I decided I better not lose that enthusiasm and find something else. And I found the LP. And when I did, man, I just, I went from like really right leaning Republican to uh, anarchist within uh, just a few days. So you skipped minarchist and went straight to anarchist. Yeah. Yeah. There was no, like, there was no real progression. I, I wrapped my mind around the, uh, the general idea and I was like, Oh, it's, if I want something or if I think something, I need to convince other people it's a good idea. It's not cool to use guns. And then I just applied that to everything and yeah, got there real quick. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I, I think I probably was an anarchist at heart for a while, but I was one of those people that still was like, I was holding on to my, you know, what they call them, your spooks or whatever. I'm like, well, but we need someone to protect us. And I was like, protect us from what exactly? Like, you know, what, what, and, and if we do need someone to protect us, why could that not be filled? If I'm spending all my time saying the government's terrible at everything, why would I think they'd suddenly be good at protecting me from these enemies that they keep creating like ISIS and Al Qaeda? So it, it, it was maybe a little bit slower than your progression, but it was, or but it was kind of the same thing. It was like, oh yeah, government sucks at everything. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go to the DMV, and I don't want the DMV to go anywhere else. That was the whole thing. Ah, I like I like that saying. I like that saying. So, um, really cool. So, so you said you got involved in the Libertarian Party of North Carolina. Um, how did you get like, so what brought you to them? I, I, you sort of generally said that, but was there like a, a specific event or a person that brought you to them? And and does your organization allow beard straightening like our South Carolina does allows Jason Lyon to get away with or, or what's the story with that? We, uh, we, Lyon convinced me that that was a good idea, man. <laughs> and uh, no, we now frown upon beard straightening. Right. That, uh, right. yeah, I'm a little shorter than I used to be. Some of you folks may have noticed, um, so we don't do that here anymore. Okay, so that, that's, is that that's is that like a, a South Carolina thing? Is that like a like a physical removal criteria, or or just you frown on it? It's uh, I mean, it ain't good, man. <laughs> it's I'm not gonna toss you over it, but uh, you know, it moves you toward the line for sure. You're on you're on thin ice. You're on thin ice with that, right? Definitely. Cool. So what so what got yeah, you involved no, with the party? So uh, I was involved nationally before I was involved locally. I kind of found Libertarians online and started uh, working on some projects that were outside of the LP, but a, a part of the movement and um, kind of uh, Susan Hogarth, our, our current chair, chair mm-hmm. of the LPNC, dragged me kicking and screaming to a uh, local meetup and it was, I met my first real libertarians and it was over. It was, it was done. I knew That's that was awesome. my community. Those were my people. That's really cool. So, and you're, for those who don't know, you're, you're in, around the Wilmington, North Carolina area, right? Yeah. I'm uh I'm like 30 minutes North of Wilmington. Cool. Cool. That's really, really cool. So, uh, so you did that. Now let me ask you this. So I, cause I've had this a little bit of not an issue, but, uh, I assume I may be correct me if I'm wrong. Most of your family are probably Republican, conservative, constitutional types. Would would I am I correct in assuming that? Yeah, most of them. 
Yeah, and and mine are as well, even though they're not from the South. But just generally speaking, if you have family in the South and you're white, the majority of them are going to be are going to be you know Republican or Republican leaning. Have you gotten any kind of like push? Because you're you're like me, you're very vocal about your your beliefs. Have you gotten any kind of pushback from relatives or loved ones or you know people scratching their head and asking you if you're okay or you know you need help or anything like that? No. Well, I was always weird, so it didn't surprise <laughs> anybody that I went and did a weird thing. But uh, no, my, my relatives are all fairly open-minded, and the ones that aren't are polite. So cool. there's not been a lot of pushback. It's mostly uh, mostly they, they like the ideas, and we get the, well, libertarians can't win thing, So, which is irrefutable right now. It's Which is, yeah, I was going to say, it's hard to argue against, like, libertarians can't win. Yeah, we can. Well, why haven't yeah. they? Well, that's it. You, you bootlicker. Um, uh, yeah, it's not, you know, not really a good answer to that. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'd like to think most people want to be free. I think most people like the idea of being free. I don't know if it's true that most people want to be free, which is why I wonder if the Libertarian Party could win, but I also don't fault anyone for trying. I mean, you're at least trying something. And if nothing else, you're getting your message out about, yeah, and we'll talk about this more, you know, when someone says, well, what how will the government without the government who will do this and it's like well we will you know well you and i can do this we don't need someone to rob us at gunpoint to force us to want this we are we're proving we want this already so but uh yeah i guess i guess my uh my family members are just glad i'm sober so um (laughs) right on so uh yeah no we it depends on the metric you're using man i mean we can't we can't win a presidential election right now right we can win local races and we can win hearts and minds and if you win enough hearts and minds it doesn't matter whether you can win a presidential election or not i mean that's yeah no it's true it's true if you look at i would say that the progressive left has largely at least for now won most of the war, quote unquote. I mean, you have a Republican president calling himself a conservative who is growing government at levels that would have made Obama blush as he also seizes guns. And Republicans are kind of sort of halfway behind it, halfway not behind it. it. So to me, they're proving that you don't necessarily have to win an election. If you win, like you said, hearts and minds, if you convince enough people, no, we don't need any of this. It really doesn't matter who wins because the only way that they can win is to believe that, right? Oh, right. I mean, yeah, if enough people say, I'm opting out, I mean, they've got nothing left. What are they going to do? Can't round us all up. No. No, nor will they. I don't. I don't think they'll try either. I don't. I, I, uh, I mean, they've got the FEMA body bags or whatever, but I don't. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, well, certainly. Certainly the loudest of us are gone. I mean, but they can't take all of us. <laughs> they can't so. take all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, I, I tried to occupy a middle ground of where I'm, I'm vocal enough where people can hear me, but maybe there's still people, you know, that they'll, they'll go after first to give me a little bit more time to, to say stuff. Of course now I'm in Canada, so I'm not sure how long that'll last. Um, so speaking of FEMA camps, the Liberty Coalition for Disaster Relief, um, this is an organization that, uh, you organize people to help on the scene during and after natural disasters. And you have a really cool story about how that started. Tell, tell us about how, how this came to be. Oh, I was, uh, I was hanging out in the bedroom, uh, working with anarchist ambassadors, which is, a another organization I, I helped found. Um, the idea being that anarchists were tired of being told to, 
that, you know, without government, we'd all fade away. And we, our answer to, with you know, without government, who will, was we will. And right. we started doing things to uh, make our communities better. And we were feeding the homeless and educating people and uh, did a lot of different projects. And my, my daughter walks into the bedroom and I'm sitting there in my underwear working away at the computer. And she's like, we've got to help these people uh, in Texas. The hurricane's hit in Texas and we got to do something. So I said, sure, we'll go knock on some doors in the neighborhood and, and um, you know, collect food and see what we can do. And she said, no, you need to call your libertarian friends. We need to do something. We really need to do something. Right, right, right. So I did. I, I got up with a few libertarians and it, it to be such coldly logical, unempathetic people so much of the time, it was amazing to watch everybody just burst into action all at once we had people uh, driving down within hours of of me asking for help. I mean, that's so cool. That's so. Cool. It was great. That is so cool. Now that was Hurricane Harvey, right? Right. So 2017? 2017? 20, 2016? 2017. 2017. 2017. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you've been doing this two years now. Oh, we have a comment uh, from Shane Sweeney. Uh, says two of my favorite anarchists on one po- podcast. Not bad. LCDR represent LCD. What is LCDR? Liberty Coalition for Disaster Relief. Oh, the thing we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, LCDR represent. Oh, speaking of the thing that we were just talking about. So started with Hurricane Harvey, and then since then you've done Hurricane. You did Hurricane Florence last year. We did a little. So Harvey was our big shot, and we didn't. We had not intended for it to be anything more than a one-time effort. You know. And um, it kind of everybody it was there were a lot of folks involved that were very involved in other parts of the liberty movement. We had Elise Allman up in North Carolina. I'm sorry, New York. She wishes she was in North Carolina. She's up there in New New York working the Larry Sharp campaign. And we had uh, some guys from the Austin Peterson campaign, Zach Gerritsen and Matt Mahler. And a lot of folks I wish I could name everybody, but the the video makes me panic and I can't think. (laughs) It's okay. We had a lot of folks. Say what? It's okay. No, I was saying it's okay. You're doing great. Right on. Well, we had a lot of folks jump on, but uh, everybody was back to their own projects within, you know, uh, a few months and, and things kind of died down. And when Florence hit in North Carolina, I was actually, I mean, I'm, I'm right on the coast where we were looking down the barrel of a, five, a category four or five right. headed straight right. to the coast. I know you were too. I'm sure you were wigging out too we left and we went to Alabama and we had some like person, we had a personal crisis with my daughter and we were stuck way, way out of state and we were super far from home and we had no money to get back and we didn't know what we were coming back to. And LCDR raised all the money we needed to get back home and get back on our feet and get our kids safe. So we're, we have decided that we are back up and running. We're working on getting legal to take donations in all 50 States and to do, search and rescue and disaster relief in all 50 states. Um, currently, we're working on the legalities and the technical side, and, and we've got a great new volunteer, uh, Michael Nolan, working our IT department and, and doing great things on the Internet. You'll be able to do huge things from our website very soon. So, uh, yeah, all that's in the works, and we should be up and rolling by the beginning of 2020. That is awesome. That it's is one awesome. of those things that you hope to never have to use, but it's going to happen. Hurricanes are going to happen. Floods are going to happen. Tornadoes are going to happen. And and other various crises and disasters are going to happen. And like you said, this, 
if you're an anarchist, calling someone a bootlicker can be cathartic. It does nothing to help the cause. If you believe that there shouldn't be a government and you were dealing with people that... I'm not preaching to you, by the way. I'm talking to the viewers. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, if, if, if you're... And, and I know you don't do this, which is why I'm talking about it. Um, I'm at, it's a, if you're trying to present yourself as an... And I like the term anarchist ambassadors. You're presenting yourself as someone to represent this more compassionate more caring, more moral, more ethical, more efficient, and just better way of doing things than our statist system. And you don't, you A, don't have any really good answers for people that are asking legitimate questions like, how will we be safe? What about my family? What about schools? I want my kid to be smart. I don't want them to be dumb. And you're, you know, beating down on them with, you know, bad, well, they're actually, they're good memes, but with memes and, you know, catchphrases that they don't, they don't get what marauds means. Like you hit them with this, or you can say, this is how we'll do it and actually show them and, and represent that and be that it's, it's not as easy as just insulting them, but it's, it, it actually accomplishes something. So I think it's really cool what you're doing. Now, are you, I, I Googled this enough to realize that I should just ask you, do you consider yourself part of the Cajun Navy or is that even a real thing, or is it just a media catchphrase? How does how does that work? No, uh, so the Cajun Navy is like an idea, um, and right. it's a similar idea to what LCDR is. But it's it's there's several different organizations. Some of them are really good. Some of them are not so good. Okay. And uh, okay. we did work with the Cajun Navy in in Texas, and we did a little bit a little bit more with them in uh, in North Carolina after Florence, but. It's a it's another group of search and rescue and disaster relief teams that are kind of grassroots organized and and doing their own thing and really working more around government and around FEMA than with them. I mean, we kind of have to push through most of the time. Yeah, I was going to ask you. And by the way, again, I the idea of like government being replaced by like rednecks and pickup trucks and boats like helping people i just like to me and again i'm i'm from i say here i'm I'm in canada i'm from the south so like a lot of people get scared of the concept of rednecks because they've watched too much tv but uh like to me it's just the coolest thing it's like who's gonna who's gonna do it the the, the guys in the pickup trucks are gonna do it they're gonna they're gonna save us all i just think it's the best i think i know you do too i think it's the best thing oh, yeah. um but you mentioned like so how much like problems do you run into with the state and the feds when you try to do this stuff? Is it just like, you know, you have to have your licensing or are they like physically stopping you from helping people? So we are working on getting, uh, getting registered with every state. Some States you have to do it County by County to do search and rescue and things like that. It's ridiculous, but in, in, uh, Texas, man, we were super shocked. We, our guys were calling our, our volunteers were calling uh, from the road saying, Hey, I'm down here in Texas. I've got supplies in the truck. I've got a boat on a trailer. Uh, I can go pull people out of the water. People were drowning. I mean, there were people right, were no, dying. Yeah. Right. And the, our teams were being told that it was too dangerous. Sometimes it was too dangerous because of flooding. Sometimes it was too dangerous because of looters. And it was being suggested that they were required to drop their supplies with FEMA and with the Red Cross and leave the supplies with them. God. 
And we were being told that a lot of their volunteers and employees were were selling relief supplies. And we were like, definitely not. And I guess a lot of folks got turned away. There were a lot of people from across the country going down and they got turned away and they did turn over their supplies. Uh, but this was a lot of libertarians and a lot of rednecks and they just kind of locked and loaded and they were either like, well, we're, we're going like a few guys were like, yeah, we'll go back home. And they just turned around and, and right. set their boat up the river at, or down a Creek and went around the roadblocks which was pretty cool in my opinion. And we actually had one team that went back to their car, got their AR out. They were stopped by, uh, they weren't stopped by the PD. They were just stopped by uh, relief volunteers from other organizations, either, you know, Red Cross or FEMA or whatever. Right. And the, these guys, and I can't even remember which team it was, but these guys were like, walked out with their ARs and they were like, no, there's no roadblock here. Move. <laughs> roadblock. Listen, this yeah. is, I mean, and this is so this sounds like the disaster relief version of when people try to help the homeless and the you know the county health people come out and pour bleach on it and everyone gets arrested like you know I guess that's another way to answer without government who will do x is like the people that the government actively stops from doing x Oh right we had uh we had I don't you may have seen it on the news and it was only on the news for like 5 minutes because a, a solid liberty movement activist jumped in and helped. And God knows the mainstream media doesn't want you to hear that, but no, no, no. Heard for just a few minutes during Harvey in Texas, there were, they were uh, broadcasting that there was a nursing home where the staff had left the nursing home. And these, uh, these poor geriatric folks are in there with like open wounds and yeah. they're in, they're in knee deep water. They've got no medical supplies. They've got no food. And the staff had just left them there and there was nobody getting them out. And they were in an area where we were being told we were not allowed to go. And one of our female volunteers, Rianne Moody, God bless her. She is amazing. Um, she jumped in a boat, I believe, and took medical supplies and dodged the cops and, and everybody else trying to stop her. And she actually is the one that answered the, the need there um, at the nursing home, which immediately was you know, mainstream media wasn't reporting on that anymore. No, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, so awesome. That we is had awesome. some pretty great volunteers. That's really cool, man. Listen, and and I mean, again, I'm this is this is my episode to to sing the praises of rednecks, which I really never get an opportunity to do. And this is as good an episode as I need to do. That I we talk about you know anarchy, and people will talk about revolution I, I don't really talk about revolution and stuff like that but people will talk about revolution and almost without fail the people who talk about revolution and you know we get the guillotines and all this stuff are, are people who like would lose their minds if starbucks like ran low on coffee for you know from frappuccinos for a week or something and 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 like it's rednecks who literally like society you know the the the, the infrastructure the power and all could crumble and the average redneck would be good for like a couple months without any problem. And and so to see them in action because like I couldn't do it. Like I have MS. I have a drug I have to get every month or else there's going to be real problems. So if that ever breaks down, I'm, I'm going to be gone after about a month and a half. So see, see everyone later. I'll see you on the other side. But, you know, rednecks get down. And I just I, I really like the idea of of rednecks embracing anarchy because like. 
they sort of already are. They just don't realize it in a lot of ways in their everyday life. They're, they're, they're living outside of the government in a way that most people don't, even a lot of self-described libertarians, even me don't, they don't live outside of this status structure and rednecks do. Yeah, we, so we, I'm, you know, just South of like and East of Appalachia and yeah, it's all, this is how we're raised. The idea of leaving everybody alone and treating other people how you want to be treated and, you know, property rights and non-aggression, you yeah. know, the non-initiation of force, those are all instilled in us as children. And then despite the way, what we're told when we're kids, our parents raise us in a community and, and with a government that, that brainwashes us and teaches us to do do different. But yeah, I mean, it's true that you've learned by, you know, age, age five, you've learned everything you need to know about politics. And I think that's especially, <laughs> especially true in like, you know, a redneck community or, or in a Southern community where yeah. everybody's got that weird uncle or that, you know, weird neighbor that we all know is a lunatic, but we're like, Hey, live and let live, you know? Right. It's, yeah, we've got a culture of let everybody live and do their own thing. We yeah. just, we're starting to give up on it. We're, you know, the South is, is getting involved in tribalism as much as anybody else at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, it's, 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 it's what happens. You get something shoved down your throat. You get told that the only way that you can fight this is by joining another group that's going to shove it down their throats instead. And I mean, and I'm not going to try to whitewash Southern history. I mean, there's all sorts of, you know, I, I'm not going to try to pretend that opposition to, uh, some ways that Southerners are came out of the vacuum, out of nothing. I mean, if you look at slavery and segregation, all of those things, I'm not trying to whitewash a lot of, you know, Southern history, but I think the average Southerner right now, just like the average person, but but especially like the average, what I would consider a redneck, like even if they're a, a military vet, even if they have friends in the, the police, even if they think the government should be stopping, you know, foreigners from coming in or whatever, at the core of everything, if you really break down what it is they want, they want to be left the hell alone. And yeah. if you can if you can talk to them and say, yes, we want to leave you the hell alone, and then get over that gap of saying, we want to leave everyone the hell alone, and they're going to leave you the hell alone, and everyone's going to leave each other the hell alone, and then if you want to have something to do with someone, you can voluntarily do it. I think that that's a, you know, I think that that's a, a you know, that's, I think that that's a lot easier to sell that to them than to a lot of other people. No. Yeah. It's not a hard sell in the South. I mean, I, I, I've, I've got a lot of, that's all politics is. I say it all the time. It's a sales game. We're just selling our ideas to other people. Right. And uh, that's, that's my professional background, believe it or not. I am definitely a redneck, but I used to be clean shaven and wear a suit and tie to work every day. And that's what I did was, was sell things. Uh, I never, you brought it up earlier, the, the idea that we, tell people that they're idiots and and you know at like we're the smartest guy in the room we just we're in the middle of the room screaming about how smart we are yeah i've I've never made a sale by telling somebody they're an idiot or that their uh their needs and wants were unimportant never have i called somebody a cuck and they were like oh yeah (laughs) take my money it doesn't work that way you've got to be empathetic you've got to find some common ground that being said yeah here in the south it's a much easier sell than say New York, where people really appreciate Big Brother a lot of the time. Yeah, hearing, yeah. hearing, talking to Larry Sharp, I had him on a couple months ago now, two, three months ago now, and he said, like, 
I'm an anarchist at heart. I live in, I'm from, what is it, Brooklyn or the Bronx. They don't want to hear about anarchy. They want to hear about schools and, and roads and the transit system. Like they don't, they, they're in a completely different world. If you start talking to them about aggression and the nature of the state, they have zero interest in any of that. Whereas like, I think a lot of rednecks really, they're like, yeah, I get that. So I, I think they could. So speaking of sales, terrible segue. Uh, I have to sell something for about 30 seconds. So bear with me. Uh, guys, if anyone's out there looking to make a podcast, uh, you should use Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Uh, gives everything you need in one place for free, uh, which you can use right from your phone or your computer. I'm actually using it right now. Uh, creation tools uh, allow you to record and edit your podcast. So it sounds great. Uh, they will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. Uh, you can even make money from your podcast. I know you probably think that that's a pipe dream, and it a lot of the time is, but you actually can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. We've actually started making money with ours now, uh, thanks to Anchor. Uh, so if you are looking to do that uh, to podcast, be sure to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now... Brent, speaking of podcasts, this is a much better segue. Speaking of podcasts, you uh, actually had a or have a podcast or an occasional podcast called the Anarcho Redneck. Uh, I watched the one, uh, the episode where it was uh, you hosted a debate between uh, Joshua Smith and Mike Shipley on your podcast, uh, and you were co-hosted by the always dressed to the nines Ryan Teeter. Um, do you uh, do you plan on doing any more of that, or is that kind of on on uh, on uh, on uh, ice while you're while you're working on other stuff or what's going on with with Anarcho Redneck? Uh, so well, that was um, <clears throat> I, I actually created the Anarcho Redneck page as a joke. Uh, a buddy <laughs> of mine, Zach Garretson, started calling me the Anarcho Redneck when I I made a point that I don't use a qualifier. I'm just a redneck. So I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just a, I'm just an, an anarchist. Uh, I, I'm not an you know anarcho capitalist or a social. Uh, or anarcho socialist or whatever i'm right 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 i'm just an anarchist and i you know i didn't think an economic qualifier was was prudent and uh so i encourage folks to use you know soccer a narco soccer mom or whatever you happen to be if we're using qualifiers pick something more fun than economics um but yeah that was just a temporary thing and kind of a joke and then somebody said that they really wanted to see mike shipley and josh smith have a debate but then nobody could work it out and i was like well i'm friends with both of these guys i bet i right. can make it happen and uh yeah both of them jumped on it really quick they were excited to do it and it went really well i think they were both very aggressively not wanting to agree with each other but there was a lot that they were able to agree on so of course of it was course. i was happy about it we may do some more in the future actually when i'm doing the liberty loop i plan on <clears throat> kind of with the theme of the loop uh which is education i kind of plan on talking to people as i go from city to city and and from boating community to boating community and do interviews with people who are we would consider statists and right. kind of pitch them the idea of libertarianism and see how they respond to it so very cool yeah i like it i like the i like the brand anarcho redneck and i like the uh, uh as soon as i saw it i'm like yes uh I, well I, I thought two things yes and wish I had thought of it. But honestly, I, again, so when I'm up here, people call me a redneck because I'm not like a filthy Canadian. But, um, I, I, what I am is not a redneck. <laughs> like, I, I'm not, <laughs> no. um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not. And, and <laughs> like, 
so if I'm around nothing but people from up north, I have a very, very slight southern drawl that you don't hear right now because I'm not. Um, but if I were around them, you can hear just, but you'd have to also not talk and you just hear just a slight. And, and so people up here, they'll be like, are you from Texas? And I'm like, you wouldn't understand someone from Texas, I don't think, because if you're having any, if you're, th- <laughs> if this is, if you're thinking this is, te- I've, nope, definitely not. So, uh, but no, I, I, I love the brand. I, I hope to see more out of that. Um, but that brings us to, we've, we've mentioned it briefly, that brings us to your newest and possibly your most ambitious pro- uh, project, the Liberty Loop. Tell us about that. Uh, well, <clears throat> I don't know, man. My wife lets me get away with some really ridiculous stuff, and that's basically what it is is I, I come up with incredibly stupid ideas and I just throw noodles at the wall and right. see what sticks. And one night I was, we, I'm planning on uh, launching a, a consulting firm to kind of allow me to continue to do like the 60 ish hours a week I do for the Liberty movement and, and hopefully eke out a meager living. Right. And I thought a really cool way to do that would a really cool way to do that would be to travel around and do seminars about selling libertarianism and, and, you know, salesmanship in the Liberty movement. And uh, she was like, that's a great idea. You should do that. And I said, cool. And we were, we're moving onto a houseboat and I was like, well, you know, we should get on the houseboat and do the great loop, which is uh, the intercoastal waterway on the East coast. Yeah. Let me start. While you're saying that, let me pull up a picture of the great loop for reference. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. So we would go, uh, if you're looking at North Carolina, I'm on the southeastern part of North Carolina, um, right there where the that little tip is before you get to South Carolina. We would take the intercoastal waterway up the uh, eastern seaboard and into New York, and we would use the rivers there to cross into the Great Lakes, travel the Great Lakes to the uh, river system in the middle of the country, into the Illinois and head down toward Louisiana into the Gulf and back up and around Florida. And the idea is to stop in different affiliates and help affiliates to grow and do seminars on selling libertarianism and take libertarians out into the world and show them how to pitch our ideas to other people so they can grow their affiliate and grow funding and kind of make the movement bigger. But uh, my wife, I, I was like, well, if we're moving all the kids onto this houseboat, what if we just travel the loop and do that? And she was like, that's a great idea. Just out of nowhere. I was totally <laughs> baffled. I really did not have any intention of doing it. I didn't think it was that great an idea, really. Uh, but she thought it was cool. So the kids latched onto the idea, and a lot of, of libertarians course. thought it was a really cool idea. So we're going to do it. We're actually getting um, – I had enough friends on the West Coast that were like, we want to have you come out to our affiliate and do a seminar or a speaking event or whatever that the wife has agreed to buy a school bus and we're going to outfit the school bus as a tiny home. And when we're not doing the great loop and traveling in the boat, we're going to be headed out to the West coast to do seminars and speaking events out there. And we'll just see how long I can travel around and do this and how long people will put up with me and how long it is before she threatens me with divorce. So Hopefully it's a while. Hopefully you get at least a few years of marriage out of this because I am so, let me take this. I love all of this. (laughs) Like I just, I love the whole idea. There's so many different parts of it. I love, first of all, I love the idea of you traveling around spreading Liberty and helping local and regional affiliates and all that. I love the idea of both anarchist evangelism and redneck evangelism fused together (laughs) on a tiny house and a houseboat go i just the whole thing i am in love with all i love i freaking love so 
so this was not so I was gonna this was not your daughter storming into your room and telling you to do this again this was your idea no I actually that was the hardest one to convince was the 14 year old everybody else thought it was a great idea Emily who who spurred us into founding the Liberty Coalition for Disaster Relief was the one that was least excited about it. We it really took some convincing and some bribery and likely bribery in the near future. I was gonna to say make this continued happen. continued bribery. Was that like a school thing? She was gonna miss her friends or just No, we've been homeschooling for uh, a couple of years now oh, and okay, we cool. love it. Yeah, so we'll continue homeschooling and I you know, she'll make friends in all parts of the country. It'll be it'll be great for her. That is she'll freaking, she'll totally be okay. I keep is, telling her you'll, you'll totally be fine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's gonna love it. I mean, it sounds. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I can I tag along for a little bit of it, <laughs> like a couple. So yeah, we are we are encouraging. Actually, it's it's safer and more fun with a community. So people keep going. Hey, can I come with you for you know this Just part stretch, of yeah yeah this part of your trip? And the yeah, the answer is absolutely. Hit me up on Facebook and let me know where you want to go. If you want to tag along for the whole trip, I mean, just make sure you got a boat that's up for it. And if you don't, do it anyway. It'll still be fun. <laughs> just tow along. Tow so if, along. if it floats, yeah, it'll be a it should be okay. That is so freaking cool. So by the way, I just need to extend two invitations to you. One is uh, Matt Wright, uh, the uh, our co-owner of Muddy Waters Media. He is in the Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg area. Uh, so he said, please be sure to stop by there and, and hit him up and he will... Uh, he will uh, give you the uh, the king's tour of that area, and I, I know that there is a there are Liberty affiliates there as well. Um, they actually awesome. just had a, a convention there, I think, in Tampa or St. Pete or something. Anyway, uh, and the other inv- uh, so I will actually be on the ass end of your trip in Myrtle Beach. Um, if you if you can if you can bring yourself to visit uh, the Dirty Myrtle. Um, then, uh, we'd love to see you here as well. I keep saying here, we'd love to see you in Myrtle beach, South Carolina, where I usually am, uh, as well. Right on. Definitely. Yeah. We might, uh, we've got a lot of friends in South Carolina, so we may actually head South, uh, a few days first. Oh, cool. Cause why not? Yeah. Why not? And we've got some, we'll, cool- we'll see you guys soon. Yeah. I know Sweeney really has a big man crush on me and lions and, and all those guys, so give them a little taste before I take off up north. Yeah, come visit the come visit the uh, the low country down here. That's really cool. So um, now, Brent, I I started this show with the purpose of achieving the following goals: uh, explaining why government is unnecessary and har- harmful is the first one. The second one is prefiguration, or which is basically answering the question of yeah, but without government, how would we do the things we need? Which I I think we've we've covered pretty extensively tonight so far. Um, the third one is, uh, and this is probably, I guess the Holy grail or the hardest part, which is showing libertarians how to actually relate to people and spread the Liberty movement, which is apparently anathema to many. I mean, many of us just are averse to relating to normies and like, you know, making basic human communication with them. Uh, I think a lot of us joined this movement because we've been so spurned by the, we've been so spurned by the rest of society that it's almost like, well, screw them. I don't care what happens to them. And it's like, yeah, but you kind of need them because right now we're in this sort of forced dissociation. And uh, of course, the fourth reason for the show is to demonstrate that only I am right 
at all times. And I, I don't, I don't expect anyone's help in that, but to speak on the third goal, like you mentioned, you have a background in sales management, correct? Yeah, I was a salesman for a long time and, and I was actually, <clears throat> there's uh, not a lot of things I'm great at. Sales is it. Uh, I was a sales trainer. I was a salesman. I can sell anything to anybody, anytime, anywhere. That is what I do. Um, and that is the biggest problem we have in the Libertarian Party and the Liberty Movement is there's a severe lack of salesmanship and there's there's very little empathy when we're trying to convey our ideas. And there's not really a difference between, I mean, there is some difference, but in the in the core of what we're doing, there's not really a difference between sales messaging and political messaging, right? Like, I mean, there's, it's the same structure of what you're trying to, trying to uh, relate to and then, and then pass on to the consumer or prospect or whatever you want to call them, the person you're speaking with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I always tell people that there's no difference. I've never found a difference. Um, <clears throat> the idea, what we're selling our ideas right. and the, the currency is, you know, we sell you the ideas and you pay us and votes and donations and, and volunteer hours. And that's, right. that's all politics is. It's what the situation we're in though, is that we've got Pepsi and we've got Coke and we're this little startup soda factory right. and we've, we've got to get we've got to get it out there that that ours, you know, we've got better flavor and we've got better prices. And it's we have a really hard time doing that because we, again, t- seem we tend to be that the really intellectual guy in the middle of the room talking about how smart he is with everybody else, you know, yep. really yeah. trying to avoid us. Right. And that's so I had uh Robin Kern- that's your speaker, I think. Do you uh, mind turning your speaker down just a little bit? Turn my speaker down? Yeah, just a little little bit. Yep. Is that better? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's okay now. Um so I had uh Robin Kerner on who does a lot of stuff about libertarian messaging and he's working on a new on a new project right now. Um but he, he talked about the fact that libertarians tend to think uh, from a more logic based, even though we still have emotions, we still have an innate, an innate sense of things. We tend to operate in philosophy. That's why you can't just be an anarchist. You have to be an anarcho, blah, 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 blah. And then even within that, then there are different, you know, f- factions within those groups. And it's, it's because it's philosophy based. And that's a good thing because it, it philosophy is, is what, what ideas are, are, are born out of. And, and, and if you can be, philosophically consistent then that means you're building something that's going to actually work um but the the problem with that is that most people don't think that way and when you come at them with this you know very logical uh 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 uh, very logical um not even sales pitch but this logical messaging and not just logical but brutally logical like saying things like you know well my rights are more important than your children no one is going to say, hey, you know what? That's a great point. Your rights are more important than my children. I'm going to vote for you. That's not what you're going to get them with. You 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 relate to them on, you know, this is, oh, what's it called with sales? Uh, 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 found, oh, man, I used to do Feel, that. felt, found. I Feel, love felt, you, Spike. Found. Feel, felt, Feel found. felt, found. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, you got to find common ground and, I always talk about common ground. That's really important. So if somebody tells you, if you, you're talking to somebody and they tell you that they're really interested in universal health care, the libertarian response tends to be, 
your healthcare is not my problem, <laughs> which is a terrible response. It's right. not, now the conversation's over. We're all done talking because you're a jerk that doesn't care about what I need. Yep. But, you know, as a libertarian, as an anarchist, my response to universal healthcare is <clears throat> I'm glad healthcare is important to you. Healthcare is important to me too. Let's figure out how we can get everybody healthcare in the best possible way. And let me explain to you why government is not the best possible way. Right. You can say the messaging thing, man, you can say anything that Arvind Vora says that gets a really visceral negative reaction. I can say the, he doesn't say there's very little that we disagree on. Right. And that's the thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the way he says it. So yeah, you the the first part of it is knowing how to get your message out there and how to say rather than police are welfare whores murderous welfare whores we could say something like in the system we live in now police are currently uh, are pushed to uh to criminalize victimless crimes right i want a society where police are expected to do less work to put their lives at risk much less often yep. and get paid significantly more by the, by the private market. Right. Uh, and that's a lot better than your, your murderous welfare horse. You know, it, it resonates better with police who I would prefer be on our side when things start to go bad, when, when things start to change instead of we changing hearts and minds mean that that's that's one less gun pointed in my face. Right. And I, you know, I prefer that. But you brought up feel felt found and that's great. Um, it's a little more advanced. So when somebody gives you an objection to libertarianism in sales, we use feel felt found. I understand how you feel. Yep. Many people yep. have felt the same way. What they have found is and that's how you offer your rebuttal. You don't say you're a moron and here's why you're a moron. You're still saying you're a moron. It's okay to tell somebody they're an idiot. You have to do it in a very polite way. You're an idiot because, right, very gently. And if it weren't for people gently telling me what an idiot I was, I never would have become an anarchist. I never would have found libertarianism. And I I wouldn't be working for the party, like, as much as I am. So it's really important that we give up the idea that, we are right. And so we can be jerks about it and embrace the idea that we are right. And we need to gently make everyone else right too. Yeah. Cause it's not working. So right. I, I beg most of you, I beg all of you, most of whom have not always, I've met a handful of people that are like, I've always been an anarchist and I'm not sure I believe them when they said that I certainly was not. When I get one thing that has helped me when I get, when I'm in these, you know, internet debates or in-person debates and they're talking to me about, you know, you know, they're fine with child separation because these illegals are coming and taking our jobs and, and, you know, and they're going to end up on our welfare system. And did you hear that poor girl out in California got killed by that illegal? You know, I don't care what happens to their kids. I try to remember that I was maybe not quite that brutally there, but I was there where I would say, well, you know, I, I think that's terrible what's happening, but we got to keep these illegals out. I mean, they're not, you know, they're, there's danger and they're, they're coming and getting on our welfare system. And, 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 and for those who don't believe that, but they are on the side of, you know, for example, uh, you know, forcing people to, uh, you know, bake cakes for, you know, for gay weddings or forcing people to use uh, gender pronouns that they don't agree with or whatever, whatever it is, your thing, your kink of what you think the government should be forcing people to do at gunpoint. 
you don't believe that anymore, but you probably used to, to some degree. So just remember, talk to this person like you're talking to. So I say to myself, pretend you're talking to 2013 Spike or 2011 Spike. And yes, what did he want to hear that would have made him an anarchist then? Because I never got that. What I got was people being brutal to me and me saying, well, you hate America and you want the Muslims to win and then going about my day. And, uh, you know, the terrorists are going to, you know, they, you want the terrorists and the Mexicans to come in and rape all of us. Um, what it took for me was like me really examining my beliefs in the, in the wake of some of these different political events that happened, like the, the, the shutdown theater and all that stuff that happened in 2013 and 2014. And I had to examine that myself, but it did not happen because someone brought me into it. Afterwards, I went back to people who had said stuff and I'm like, you're right. But ultimately they didn't bring me into it. If someone had talked to me. In the same way, and maybe they planted the seeds, but it took a lot longer because when someone attacks your belief system, you're taking it as a personal attack and you're not interested in what you have to say. If I brought you on the show and I'm like, you're an anarchist, what kind of moron are you? You know, what kind of, you know, what's going to happen to your, what do you want your kids to, to get raped by Mad Max or, you know, whatever. If I start saying all that stuff. How likely are you to listen to, first of all, not to hang up on me, but even if you if you were in person and you don't attack me or, you know, uh, you know, slug me or whatever, how likely are you to open yourself up to what I have to say? Right. I mean, you, you you've got to you've got to be empathetic about it. You've got to care right. about what other people want and what they need. And <clears throat> you're right, man. I mean, you attack somebody there. The conversation's over. And a lot of people go, well, I'm not a good salesman. Well, then shut up. Like really, if you can't, if you can't be a good salesman about it, if you can't use just a modicum of empathy and salesmanship, just shut up, stop making my job harder. Uh, Really, this goes out to, cause I know you, you've got the very brash uh, anarchist crowd that watches and I love it. But uh, I tell all of you now, please shut up. Please stop making our jobs harder. Just be nice to people. If your neighbor says that they really need their welfare, they probably really do need their welfare. And you telling them that they're stealing it out of your pocket is not helpful to the cause. If your if your neighbor's a fireman and you tell him that he's a you know he's he's sucking at the the government teat, it's man, it's not productive. (laughs) It's not helpful. You're not changing anybody's mind and. Being a shock jock is fun on the internet, but it makes real life harder for people who are doing actual work. So stop. Yeah. Pretend they're the police and shut up. Right? Yeah. Like if they ask you something Which, to say, I don't answer questions and walk away. That's the, the if if you don't want to play the game of of actually relating to people, it's not helping. And my sh- I'm a mix of the two. I get the there is a time and place for being I don't know if brutal is the right word, but being a, a, a brash. Yeah, no, this is my belief system. And I, and I don't, I don't care. And I do that a lot of my posts on my Facebook profile, but I do them to an audience that either agrees with me or knows how I think about stuff. But like my general messaging to people, other than the fact that I, I, you can trust me as being correct in all things is that like, cause I've ascended, like I, 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 there's no, nothing else for me to learn. I have, I've reached ascension and, and you can just ask me. Um, but, but for those of us who haven't ascended, um, we don't like, I don't believe what I believed a year ago and I was already an anarchist. So how haughty can I be pre-ascension? How haughty can I be in my beliefs in, in, in saying, Oh, you believe that? Well, you're a schmuck. Like, you know, 
talk to the person. You might learn something from them. Yes, you'll probably still be an anarchist because we're right. But you might figure out, at the very least, you might figure out they're not, they're wanting to use government schools or welfare or socialized healthcare or the, you know, uh, cradle to grave military benefits or, you know, have their son be a cop is probably for very relatable reasons that you can relate to. You just don't agree with the action that they're taking. And your right. chance to stop that is to actually relate to them <clears throat> as though you and they are both human beings. Just bear with me that they're, you're both humans who can communicate and if not agree on things, at least come to a, 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 a an understanding that you both want the same thing. Cause that's going to open them up. If not to what you have to say, then to at least someone, maybe a Brent or a me or some other anarchist or some other libertarian, or, or maybe even just some other minarchist or someone that's closer to what we want. It might help them along to be, we're not going to be receptive. We are not receptive to messages from people who deny our most, our most basic needs as being, you know, terrible things that we should be ashamed of wanting. And so maybe just, maybe just think of that. Did I miss anything there? No, no, not at all. I did want to say you brought up, uh, you brought up people who uh, want, want children stripped from their families at the border. We actually had two weeks ago at a new Hanover County meetup, uh, we had an actual self-proclaimed Nazi come in and told us all that he was a Nazi and he was very excited to be there. And it, it was just a few minutes into it. I got him to admit, I was like, you're here to get punched in the face. Like, that's what you're, yeah. you're after. You're, you want, you want somebody to hit you. And I was like, I'm the reason nobody's going to hit you, man. We're going to have a conversation. And it, he was saying a lot of people say those things out of tribalism and because they're, they're using herd speak and. Oh Yeah. When you confront that idea, most people don't really mean it. So he was saying things like, uh, if you don't produce for the state, you should be euthanized and just ridiculous stuff. And I was like, I don't believe you. you know, yeah, I don't, I don't believe, think you think I don't that. Believe yeah. that you mean that. Yeah. I, I don't think you're a murderous person. I don't think you're that venomous. I think you're after a little bit of attention and you're probably a really good hearted dude that doesn't want to do that to anybody. And the right. guy like fell apart right there. He was, his whole thing was just broken down and he was like for the rest of the time he sat there he was really interested in our ideas and was just kind of soaking up what was going on and I mean it was, that was being con- confronted with a Nazi in a room that by the way that had two Jews uh sitting there talking to this Nazi guy yeah just kind of explaining to him why his ideas aren't as good as ours and maybe you know maybe look at it this way and here's a different perspective and he actually left the meeting and leans in and goes, you know, a lot of your ideas are are pretty solid and they're better than mine and I'll be back. So, yeah, just a minimal amount of good messaging, a, a modicum of salesmanship can really turn folks around. And we convert, you know, communists to, to anarchists and libertarians on a regular basis here. So that's that's awesome. I mean, listen, if you can relate to a Nazi or or relate to not Nazism, but relate to that person who is claiming to be a Nazi. Yeah, careful. I'm I'm already wearing the redneck moniker. It's, it does not take people long to jump from there to Nazi. No, no, no. And that's and that's the thing. That's that's why I was being clear on that. Like, 
if but if you can relate to a human being who comes in going, yeah, you should be euthanized because you're not helping the state or whatever crap that like you said, I, and I would have said this, like, I don't believe you. You're here in front of us. So I don't believe you because why are you here? You're here. And I think you nailed it. He wanted to get punched so he could be the next Internet Nazi that got punched and, you know, get whatever attention like or whatever, whatever negative. It, he came for negative attention. And instead, exactly. he had people say, no, we get it. You're lonely. <laughs> like we can be friends and talk about this because you don't. That's garbage. You don't believe that garbage. Um, if you can do that with a Nazi, then you can do it with a Democrat or a Republican, most of whom are just kind of moderate. You know, they may not like, they don't like Donald Trump or they don't like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or whatever, but like, they're not these like caricatures of Democrats and Republicans. Some are, but most of them are not. They're just like, they are just worried about if the roads are going to get fixed. Like we joke about the roads, but they are worried about the roads. They need to get to work and their taxes are concerned. It is a thing that they should care about if they don't worry about what happens to the roads, then they're idiots. Why would you not empathize with that and say, hey, roads existed before government and here's how we'll do it tomorrow. You know, uh, it's it's pretty simple stuff. Yeah, we just no. we're so offended by the question, what about the roads? And we think it's so funny. I mean, it's legit. What yeah. I want to be able to get to work. I need to be able to get the food line. How am I going to buy my industrial sized tub of mayonnaise if I can't get to Costco? You know? It's important. That's a personal attack against me. I, I don't I don't like mayonnaise, but I do like buying buying giant tubs of things um, from Costco. Um, most of mostly smoked meats and fish and uh, and sauerkraut because I am Jewish. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, so when I hear the things I most commonly hear with my normie social circle and 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 friends and my wife um, are are because uh, my wife is not an anarchist; she is a Canadian. Um, yeah uh yeah um like pretty it all washes out what's that she's real pretty it's a wash she is gorgeous her politics are gorgeous um but (laughs) um but when they'll ask you know here, here are the things i hear often what about roads how do we not end up like somalia how do we you know what about my kids and the education who's gonna keep us safe from China, the terrorist, name your thing. Who's going to keep us safe from people coming to take my job? Who is going to... And we laugh about this because it's something we hear all the time. But these are all legitimate things. No one wants this place to become like Somalia. That is a legit... If if what you've related to your whole life, if what you've heard of when you think of anarchy is Somalia, Mad Max, and people with, you know, balaclavas on, throwing Molotov cocktails at cops trying to help people cross the street... And, you know, try to keep traffic going. Those are legitimate concerns. You're coming at these people and saying, I'm an anarchist. What would that have sounded like to you five years ago, ten years ago, whenever you were not an anarchist and had not really been exposed to it? What on earth would that have sounded like to you? Oh, yeah, it's it's nuts. I would have thought you were a lunatic. And <laughs> if you had only said, I'm an anarchist and you're an idiot because you're not that's as far as I would have gotten. I would have gone, well, that guy's dumb and I should probably avoid him in the future. And that would have been it. That would have been the last conversation. If you can't have a conversation beyond that and, and discuss people's concerns and their wants and their needs, and you're not doing anything productive for the movement, you know, you're just, you're sucking up air. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree. I agree. And, and, and it bears itself out with 
arguments within libertarians. Like you see anarcho-capitalists argue with anarcho-communists. And I used to do it too, because I, I lean more towards being a, what I, I guess an anarcho-capitalist or whatever. I'm definitely a, a believer in a, in a, in a, in a, in private ownership and, and markets. Um, but interestingly enough, when I talked to anarcho-communists and I realized that there wasn't as much daylight between what we thought as I thought that it was like, they also believe in markets. They just basically think they, they think that without the state, it will manifest itself a lot differently than I do. And ultimately at this point, we both agree in the idea of property. We both agree with the idea of some level of self-ownership or, or ownership of things. We both believe in getting rid of coercive entities so that we can have voluntary structures of, of, of society and, and economics and so forth. So then why bother arguing about it now? If we're both agree that this is this ain't it, chief. Like this is not what it's going to look like. We we all agree with that. We all agree that we want something that looks radically different from this. And we all agree that neither real communism nor real capitalism haven't really been allowed by the state. Then what are we arguing about? Why not focus on getting rid of those impediments and then once there's no more coercive entity, we can see how it plays out. Maybe it'll be communism. Maybe it'll be capitalism. Maybe it'll be something in between. Maybe it'll be something that we don't even really can figure out right now because it's we're so imposed upon by the state. Why are you about that now? Yeah, or more likely, you know, maybe it'll be a bunch of small communities deciding the best economic system for themselves. Of course. And not using violence. And I really feel like that's that's it, man. Just Let's remove the initiation of force and then worry about how everything plays out. Right. And yeah. I mean, as far as we're concerned, you know, let's answer questions for for normies, you know, as much as we can. I love oh, that of term. course. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, let's answer questions for them. But in our own community. Yeah, it's ridiculous that we, we fight and argue over economic systems or or, you know, a, a platform plank or, or whatever. I mean, we agree on 90 percent of the stuff. Why are we arguing about the 10% we don't agree on? That's for a group of overly logical folks. That's kind of dumb. Well, and it's something that, that a small part that we don't agree on and that there's nothing like neither one of us can prove it because the state exists. Neither one of us can prove that we're right. It's largely irrelevant right now because the state exists. It would be like two people in prison arguing over once they break out or once they get let out, are they going to start a fishing, you know, a, 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 a you know a fish a bait shop, or are they going to start a you know sub shop or you know whatever? Like, and they'll like really get mad and argue over. It's like who the hell cares? Get out of prison, and then 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 you can do whatever the hell you want. Maybe you do that, and I do that. And I agree with you. I don't think there's going to be a global in any kind of voluntary system. You're not going to have some global system. You're going to have it's going to look completely different in a rural area, rural area in the South, like where you are or in a resort town like Myrtle beach or in a major metropolitan area, like a New York, if, if, if a major metropolitan area can even be supported without, you know, a status system, those things are going to look different based on the needs and wants of the people there. So I, no, I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, yeah. Um, so Brent, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. I, 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 you're someone that I have, when when I would have had you on months ago, uh, except my back went out and I had to take a break from the show for two months. So you were like literally the I think what second second person that's been on since I started again. So I'm I'm super thrilled to have you on. Uh, I really appreciate your your time. Uh, before uh, before we wrap things up, I just want to give you a chance 
to give any final thoughts you want to give, anything you think we didn't get a chance to discuss, uh, anything you want to plug. You have absolutely as much time as you want. Uh, Brent DeRitter, the floor is yours. All right on. Well, uh, yeah. So I would ask all of your listeners to uh, do exactly what you said earlier and and point someone in the direction of a of a salesman of liberty. If you if you are not one yourself, find me on Facebook. Send me your friends and family. That's what I do for you know a fair amount of my week is is convert statists. So hit one of us up. Send them to Spike. Send them to me. Send them to Shane Sweeney. One of these uh, genius redneck salesmen of uh, salesmen of liberty. If you are interested in the Liberty Loop, please join the group. Uh, it's it's to assist with graphics and marketing and things like that, and kind of help me figure out how to make it all the way without sinking my boat. So hit me up if you're interested in any of my projects. Always glad to have volunteers. Yeah, absolutely. And we have all of that in the show notes, and we'll have that on the website as well. Um, so, um, definitely, uh, that's very, we will, we'll definitely do that. So Brent, again, thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on again. I really appreciate Thanks it. For having me, man. It's awesome. This was a really easy interview, man. You're, you're super easy to talk to. So Thanks, I love the I show. Pre- I'm super glad to be on finally. That's a great, that's great. Yeah. I appreciate it. I, I am not like, I'm not here for, I told you, I'm not here for gotcha questions, at least not for you, but probably someone else I'll bring on and like nail them. But I, for the most part, I like right. to like have very cool, fun, conversational thing. Um, but yeah, thank you again. Uh, uh, stick around for a minute. Uh, I want to talk to you during the outro, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, but guys, thank you again for tuning in to my fellow Americans. Uh, be sure to tune in, uh, tomorrow night, uh, for the writer's block with Matt Wright. Matt Wright will be interviewing. I am Damn it. I So he will tell me who his next guest is. And I will commit it to memory. And I will say, yes, that is Matt's next guest. Do not forget that this is Matt's next guest. I don't know who Matt's next guest is. He told me. Just tune in. You you won't believe who it is. Let me put it that way. You will be just as shocked as me when uh, when you find out. I know right now he's thinking, like, how do you... He's probably told me four or five times. No idea. Not a clue who his guest is. But it's going to be amazing. I had it for a second. Nope. Uh, so that's not... Um, just tune in. Just tune in tomorrow night, writer's block. And then Friday Friday night, Shabbat Shalom, it's Jason Lyon with uh, his... Uh, with his. I don't know why I tie him in with the Sabbath. He's as Gentile as it gets. But he will be on during the Sabbath, for whatever that counts, uh, for his Friday night uh, airing of Mr. America, The Bearded Truth. Be sure to check him out. Um, and uh, then have a great weekend. Uh, come back next week on Monday for the Monday non-Shabbat episode of Mr. America, the Bearded Truth. And then tune in next Tuesday for uh, the um, for the next episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom with me and Matt Wright, uh, where we will be parsing through the uh, week's uh, events uh, as they happened. And then come back next Wednesday for my fellow Americans... If it makes Matt feel better, I don't remember who my guest is next week. Remzo Martinez is my guest next week. Remzo Martinez will be talking about his new book, Politics and Other Forms of Devil Worship. That's not the full title, but it's pretty close. Um, but we'll be talking about that. So guys, thanks again for tuning in. We will see you all this week. Thanks again, and God bless you.
were my kin Though I view the world through another's iris If you slide in my kicks, it might fit We might just unite and come together Become hybrid, at the least slightly like-minded Indeed, the life I've lived brings light to kindness All you need is a sign Put a cease to the crimes Put an ease to the minds like mine Sometimes darkness is all I find You know what they say about an eye for an eye And it's time with the blind the blind Who am I to deny I would cry when a loved one dies I recognize that body outside When the holes in the body that was alive Now they find with chalk outline Find out how but you never know why It ain't even make it to the news that night It ain't even make it to the news that night That's my sister, mother, father, brother, son That's one of mine All these years I close my eyes Open up the only fine I'm in line There's a point that's gonna happen all the time We will make the change.